Hey women's soccer fans, Erica L. Ayala, founder of Black Rosie Media here, and you probably know this already, but Black Rosie Media and Shea Butter FC podcasts have created a formal collaboration. So what will it look like? Well, I'm here to tell you. Black Rosie Media will be syndicating specific episodes of Shea Butter FC podcast. We're going to call it our Shea Butter FC throwback. These are hand-selected, curated episodes that we feel uphold the mission, obviously, of Shea Butter FC podcast and us here at Black Rosie Media, where we aspire to empower black women and melanated creators in sports media. Not to mention that on the basketball side of things, we have been having an important conversation about gatekeeping when it comes to sports media. While this is a tough conversation, Black Rosie Media believes it's an important conversation, and we felt this was the perfect episode to encapsulate what we see as a strong and important, and what will, yes, be a fun partnership between Black Rosie Media and our podcast network, our growing podcast network, and Shea Butter FC. So without further ado, I bring you episode 74 of Shea Butter FC, a seat at the spades table. Butter FC, a podcast featuring two black women's perspectives on soccer, football, and everything in between. Delivering content with soul and seasoning that'll moisturize your skin. And lay your edges. And deepen your love for all things black women. Okay, and so today we got like a bajillion people in here. Um, We're doing a black supporter, people of color, supporter group round table. Um, and so, I don't know, what is the... Uh, before we introduce people, what is, I guess... I guess you got a fan, but then like a supporter, they go hard to paint um for their team and situation. I see y'all looking at me like I'm crazy with that definition. Um, we're gonna talk we're gonna talk to some supporters across the soccer space. Woso. Some also do broso, vanillas. Um, but then we're gonna look at we're gonna talk we're gonna talk to supporter groups on Rose Room and also uh Chicago Blackfires. We about to, uh, you know, have a good roundtable discussion with our peoples. And so I guess we can do introductions. Um, let's see. Let's start off with who's next to me. Phil, what's good? How are you doing? My my name is Phil from Blackfires, co-founder. And I'm all right. I am doing just all right. Trying to get through and do the best that we can that I can so that's all alright alright um let's see to your right is Mama Riz wait to my right I'm tripping <laughs> left right same thing right same thing <laughs> um I am Mama Riz I am one of three other co-founders for Rose Room Collective and I am also here I'm, I'm tired but I'm here appreciate you appreciate you and then below me is one Jake. Hello, I am Jake, Blackfires co-founder, other co-founder. Um, 
tired but here is a, is a good motto all right all right and then um beside him is one rev uh professor i was about to say reverend same thing <laughs> professor jermaine not a reverend please they're not uh, at all the same <laughs> <laughs> Right. <laughs> oh man. Um, well, hello, everyone. <laughs> I'm Jermaine, uh, Black Heron's co founder, uh, one of many co founders. Uh, happy to be here. Thanks, guys, way, for inviting me. Yeah, for sure. And Jermaine's going to help moderate this little conversation also. Um, and then one legendary, famous, worldwide known Donald Wine. Speak to us. You, you just you just took my introduction. I'm Donald. Oh. Uh, all the besides all the legendary famous stuff. I'm in the whole in the whole chat with famous people. But uh, no, I'm uh, I'm on the national board of the American Outlaws. I helped found AODC and am a recovering local supporter. Uh, I'm sure oh. we'll discuss all that. Are we gonna get to that? Because there's a few of the, there, there's a few of those. Um, all right. Who who's this? The my Dougie. What's good? Introduce yourself, sir. Hello, I am Doug, Doug Reyes-Saron, uh, co-founder of Rose Room Collective as well, along with Mama Riss and a couple of other friends here, and uh, tired but existing, basically what I got. Alright, well, I mean, you here, you here, hey, 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 and then last but not least, the legendary in the bar, ordering shrimp and grits, see, that's what you get when you order before we start, the one and only Ebony Navidad. No, no. Them grits are about to be good. I just want you to know that. Uh, I'm Ebony. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I um, I go to soccer games. I'm uh, the president of AO Raleigh. And <laughs> yeah, that's what I got. All right. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. All right. So we're going to get started. Um, <clears throat> am I going to go first? Am I going to ask the first question? I guess I'm going to ask the first question. So what has it been like? as black people, even if you even if you're Shea Butter adjacent, is people of color in this extremely white soccer space. What has it been like navigating being in a super non-melanated white soccer space, and particularly with supporter groups in the United States? How has that been for y'all? Um, I don't know if somebody wants to go first. And it's been trying. It's, it's been trying? It's been a trying experience. Um, mm -hmm. I'm sure Jake will expound even more, but trying to make a place for yourself, just trying to be able to find a place to feel comfortable, uh, it's not the easiest. It's not easy at all. And it's just something that I think a lot of people like us that probably have probably plenty of stories about themselves and how difficult it can be sometimes to just try to make a place for yourself. So it's been trying, but I'm going to keep trying because it's not about just me. It's about everyone who comes after me. Okay, preacher. Mm -hmm. Anyone else have some thoughts? Yeah, I mean, kind of to build off of what Phil said, um, it's it was very it's very frustrating and hard to try to make that space for yourself just because you're not you're, you're one of three maybe and people look at you like you don't know what you're talking about <clears throat> so kind of to build on top of that trying 
it's frustrating and annoying and hard. Word, word. Anyone else got some thoughts? I think some people struggle to come up with even the concept of a group like ours existing. Mm-hmm. Some people still don't even grasp grasp it, or or why the need to, which is a whole nother conversation of itself. Actually, that's a good point to get into the second question of this two part question. So, what brought the need for you to have like a black person, people of color, in the case of Rose Room, uh, supporter group in your city in your market? Riss, you want to do this one, or do you want me to? Um, I don't mind. I mean, for me personally, um, when I started going to Washington Spirit games, I I'm gonna see of not a lot of color, and <laughs> and for me, um, you know, I didn't see a lot of people that looked like me, and you know, I met Doug and. Back in 2019, 2020, we kind of linked up and said, hey, you know, maybe we should try and make a group for our own because there isn't a group for us specifically, you know, like Spirit Squadron is around, but it's not, it's not a safe space for people of color. So we decided that we were going to go ahead and do that. Yeah. Um, I guess to cover on the DC United side. And then in that case, in their end, they, how do I put this? Too many old white dudes at the very top that have caused nothing but fucking problems for years. And I'm like, I was just like, something's got to change with this bullshit. So took a swing at it. All right. So you said it wasn't safe in a sense. Can y'all elaborate on that? If you're comfortable. Um... Oh, well, Maybe I'm newer. I was newer to the squadron scene. Mm-hmm. I think they were more. How do I put it? How do I put this? Maybe Riss has a different experience. I think they were more naive <laughs> and new to just even grasping things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would. I would say the same. You know, I I've only experienced from the Washington Spirit side. I, I have not been to a DC United game for for reasons that Doug will probably <laughs> divulge into a little bit more, just because he's been to more dc united games but um definitely probably like more on the naive side just not really knowing but i've i've had good experiences with the supporter groups i just it's never been oh i see people that look like me so right 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 okay i see and so you like i'll go ahead i was saying the dc united side is more like active hostility to uh-huh. put it charitably okay yeah so you're not feeling comfortable and then you're not seeing yourself it's always like <laughs> Correct. I have not been to a DC United game for that reason. Mm. Mm. Okay. That's why I'm like, I feel like MLS in general. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I were to go to a DC United game, I I wouldn't be in a supporter section. That's how to put it. Okay. Okay. Mm. Okay. Because I mean, like, I know when me and Sills went to an LAFC game, it was like, it's noticeable. Visit, we were noticeable. It was like, shit, we black. Oh, okay. Well, Donald, you've been in. DC for how long now? And you rarely go to DC games anymore. So, so I go to DC United games. I have only seen two games, DC United games from the supporter section. Gotcha. And it's because of the, uh, how do I put this? <laughs> say it plain. <laughs> say it plain. Just say it plain. That's why we're here. That's no, why we're here. it's it's so. 
right when Audi Field opened, mm-hmm. they did this whole ticketing structure thing. And I know Doug and Rich know what I'm talking about, but they did this whole ticketing structure thing where they basically said one group was going to get all the tickets. Mm-hmm. And because I was one of the main capos for that group, they thought that the capo group was the leadership. But we were never involved in leadership. We never involved in that decision. We didn't know the decision was coming. So they singled me out and they gave me a bunch of shit for months online, in person. The first game I went to in the supporter section was the second game at Audi Field. I didn't get to the opener and I was being recorded. People were coming up, throwing beers, you know, harassing me, bullying me, saying they're going to, you know, kick my ass, all this stuff. And literally from the stands, I emailed my ticker up and said, I'm moving to the other side of the stadium and I will never be in here as long as some people are in this thing. Rose Room Collective is doing a great job to try and mend those fences and kind of help push some of those people out. But I don't feel safe in that section with those people, even to this day. The only time I've been in the supporter section at Audi Field has been for a couple of spirit games. And when the U.S. comes to play, because when the U.S. comes to play, I'm in charge. And those people know that I'm in charge. And so they won't bother to pull up because they understand that the brother can get them banned. Mm-hmm. Uh, so since, you know, for DC United, I, I basically, like when I said I'm a recovering local supporter, I got out of the supporters group. Supporters group didn't have my back, so I quit. Um, and everybody, and they said, oh, well, don't worry. They'll, he'll come back and he'll convince everybody to come back. Everybody left with me. Our entire capital crew, we had 15 people in the capital crew. Got me. All of them left the supporters section except for except for one. And we're like we're all we all have our back on that. We we love it to death. So yeah, that was the situation to in a nutshell. But the problem it's almost like in and this is a I don't know if it's a bad way to say, it, but like I hate that we have to have black supporters groups because right. we should be included in everything. Right. But the fact remains mm-hmm. is that these are necessary. So I'm glad that, you know, Black Fires, you know, I've always supported from afar um, and Rose Room as they're coming about, like even, you know, know, Doug and I were having long conversations about how to get this started because I'll always share that advice. But as far as from an active supporters role, DC United lost me a long time ago. I'm just, you know, at this point, I'm just a fan. So, and that's that's fine. All right. All right. So like Phil and Jake, y'all are in Chicago. So, um, how, yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say how, I don't know, how important was it, particularly in Chicago, even a super black city, has it been to have like Chicago fire, black fires? I guess I'll go. I didn't open the <laughs> can of worms, but. Yeah, um, it started out really fun. <laughs> You got a ton of support at the fun at the start. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Donald's speaking some very poignant words now, where I would say, I think, I don't know about Phil. I've I've been a bad person. I haven't really checked with Phil on how he's feeling on this, but like I feel myself not caring every single day that goes on. Um, mm-hmm. it's pretty apparent uh, from I would say the Twitter for Black Fires is kind of non existent right now. Um, and it sucks because, like, I think the being a Fire fan and also a Red Stars fan is already pretty hard. Um, but having the 
constant frustration of being in a super black city like Chicago and mm-hmm. spinning your wheels um, mm. and not knowing exactly who is supporting and to what degree they're actually going to support has mm. really just made being up here super exhausting. I mean, Phil can okay. probably say more. I mean, the reality of it is that uh, you have a lot of people who were like, yeah, it's great. You're a Black supporters group. We support you. But when it came to actually supporting us, they did not a thing. And uh, I will keep it, uh, I'll keep it clean um, for the sake of the pod. Uh, But I got, if I could go back, I'd have some very, uh, I have some very, vicious words for certain people um, for the simple fact that it didn't take until our first event for some crap to go down. Oh, shit. Mm. And just people, um, like, being apologists for the stuff happening, you know, and then, they say... And that was the worst part. Like, anytime we have some kind of big blow-up, we look, people look at us like the shit starters for some reason, and I mean, it's... Who wants to do that? It's, we we get we don't get paid to do this stuff. We're doing it because we we're doing it because it's important. But I mean, you're pushing people away, and that's what the. I mean, I think DC and the fire have very similar situations, and that the same people pushing people out are the same people that are sticking around. So, mm-hmm. right. Hey, just, yo, yo, go ahead, go ahead. And it's just at at a certain point, you know, you want to keep pushing and you want to keep doing things and you want to because you know it's for the betterment going forward, but it's hard uh, to continue when everyone wants to throw all the work onto you, you know? Mm-hmm. They don't want to actually support you. They just want to be around you so that they feel like, oh, I checked my ally box. Mm-hmm. Which I will give Local 134 credit. They did host a Black, uh, Black History Month event without even asking us to do anything, so. Finally. Yeah. I mean, it. Well, we've been around four years, so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, and that's gotta be a trick because y'all are both in big black cities, Chicago and Chocolate City, DC. Uh, just just so sure. people in the NWL remember that. Um, it's, it's all over the place too, right? Because I mean, it, just for a quick example, I I was, I'm a Detroit City supporter. I'm a Detroit mm-hmm. City part owner. I was the third ever season ticket holder ever in the club's history. I helped found a supporters group that helped bring Detroit City there. And they pushed all those people out. Because, Thanks. you know, and, and that city is 90% black. So it, I feel like this is a common tale in all these cities mm. across the country is that when you look at the stands, it's not reflective of the city that they're playing for. Or at least they say they're playing for. Right. Mm. So, Jermaine, you feeling the same way in Miami? Yeah, um, you know, a lot of the stories that y'all are sharing, uh, you know, are, you know, I've, we've experienced the same thing uh, down here uh, with, you know, a lot of the official, you know, a lot of the official supporter groups. Um, you know, there's there's one or two official supporter groups that that consistently show us love and partner with us on tailgates and, and di- you know, different events. But um, I'd say the, the main kind of power block of you know, official SGs down here in inner Miami um, uh, just haven't been doing the work. Right. And, you know, it's, it's, it's funny that like when a black, you know, like, like, like Donald said, like there shouldn't need to be a reason for a black Mm -hmm. supporter group. Right. But then when one is made, 
the the SGs are like, oh well, no, you know, like mm-hmm. we're inclusive, like no, like y'all, like you don't have to do that, and it's like, but y'all aren't doing anything, like y'all haven't right. shown us anything that welcomes us or that represents us, so don't don't get offended when we like create something for ourselves, right? Like they get really uh, uncomfortable with that, um, mm-hmm. you know. But I think for for Black Karen, I think what's and and you know, I guess this is a, a you know, this kind of like lead into another question for black hair and just been it's been helpful being an independent supporter group so we're not an official supporter group of inner miami um mm-hmm. so i would love to know how everyone else's structure is in relation to the club are you an official sg are you independent how does that um how does that shape your relationship with the other sgs and with the club itself so I think that question is so because for MLS and NWSL, it's a little bit different. Like you, do you have a fish? Are you technically official SGs with NWSL? I can say I don't know because ever since that incident with Ashton Harris in Orlando, or when Orlando played here, I have not been in the SG like NW like the Courage SGs. Just because I was like, if I don't, the only person that had my back was my men's side SG. And they're the ones that stuck up for me and were like, this is not her. This is not who she is. Like, I was getting ready to be banned from my own stadium. Mm. So, like, because she doesn't like that I don't kiss her ass in the ground she walks on. So I said, what's, we put three past you. I'm sorry. Get better defense. <clears throat> not my problem. So I think that when it comes to NWSL and the space of what an official SG is, I think each club handles it differently, if I remember correctly. Like, mm-hmm. I know with Angel City, you have to go through this, like, 12-point process. And you have to have 15 people in order to be even looked at by your SG, which is absolutely fucking ridiculous. But we'll talk about that later <laughs> like the the, the the entryway into soccer is so like or as some supporters group is so fucking hard because they're putting these barriers in place to be an official sg like again all, all on the nwsl side like to be an official sg but the clubs are making their own sg so that they can control it better like like I don't think it matters one way or the other, really. Like, if you're official or not, they're going to they're going to infiltrate some way to make it so mm-hmm. that you you don't have any power anyway. So, as black fans who already don't feel like they have power, and here's your club making even more barriers for you, you just kind of feel like defeated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I get. Yeah, I get that. I get that for sure. Um, and you know, I think one thing that we've experienced down here is is a lot of difficulty wanting to do things that we really just like we want the club to do, right? But because we're not an official SG, the club just kind of dismisses us and you know just really really doesn't listen to us. We've accepted that, right? We were like, you know what, that's fine. Like if if y'all not gonna do it, we're just gonna do it ourselves, right? Like a prime example mm-hmm. is this Caribbean night. Like we've been trying to tell them since like 2021, like yo. We need to have a Caribbean night. Y'all need a Caribbean night. Y'all need a Caribbean night. And they have a Hispanic heritage night, mind you, right? They don't mm-hmm. they don't have a Caribbean night or a black, you know, a, anything. It's it's Miami, know. though. They know there's 
cramming yeah. people there, right? No, they. Well, I don't know if they know. <laughs> so I, I really okay. don't know, to be honest. All right. <laughs> but, and like, there's you know, whole but, black culture in soccer down there. Like that. That's why. So, no, it's 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 quite evident, right? Uh, which either tells me they are just incredibly ignorant, or they are intentionally, you know, ignoring the community, which is whatever. I mean, like y'all gonna do what y'all gonna do and we're gonna do what we're gonna do, right? And like, I think that's the beauty of, of, of kind of maintaining some type of independence that, you know, if y'all not gonna do a Caribbean night, then black parents will just do a Caribbean night. You know what I'm saying? We're just gonna do as much as we can, you know what I'm saying? Without the support of the club, but we're gonna put a, you know, we're gonna put it on and, you know what I'm saying? We're gonna continue to create the space, right? And I think that's, I think that's, one of the more important needs for black SGs and, you know, people of color SGs is just creating a space, right. That does not exist in these, mm -hmm. you know, going back to Sky's original question, like these kind of non-melanated white spaces. Mm -hmm. right? right. So does, does being independent or not an official SG mean anything in, in, w, or in MLS? Like, can you still yeah. sit in the supporter section? Can you still get tickets in it? Like, if you can do all that and not have to be an official SG, so you have to run yeah. all your shit through the, through the front office, do you see yourself becoming official one day? So I would, I'd say that um, there, like, there are a lot of things we can't do, right? Like we can't bring in our own flags. Um, I mean, we can sit in the supporter section. Like, the, like no one's saying you can't sit in the supporter section. Uh, so, mm -hmm. you know, we can do that. However, I think that has forced us to think of other ways of creating space, right? So I think one, one incredible thing about all the SGs here is that we have a very strong social media presence, right? Like that's a space that people tap into and engage with uh, on the daily, right? Whether it's just tailgating, right? Creating just a, you know, a physical space in the, you know, in the tailgate mm -hmm. experience, right? Like a, like a lot of our members aren't even in the supporter section, mm -hmm. right? Which, you know, may kind of, again, go back to that question about is there a difference between like a supporter, right? Or, you know, someone like a member of a supporter group and just a casual fan. Um, but having said all that, we're not interested in becoming official, right? We feel like if we do become official, then that's when everything's going to go to shit, right? And that's when the club's going to yeah. take it over and, you know, just compromise everything that we've been trying to do. So I think the, the kind of status of being independent allows us to, to do what we can do even if the club is not going to support it. Right. And, you know, it's just, yeah, kind of about, you know, asking, you know, asking for, like, what is it asking for forgiveness rather than permission? Right. Right. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. So. So what about, uh, Jake and Phil with Chicago black fires? Like, are y'all official? Um, I mean, it used to matter, but it really doesn't matter anymore. Mm -hmm. Cause, uh, the club created a council. So you have all these supporters groups who, and uh, you have to have 25 members or something like that to get recognized. And then they made an exception for certain groups that uh, that ended up being like black, black fire. So they're like, well, if you're, you know, a diversity or something like that, we'll let you in without the 25 members, but there's no, great benefit to being an official one mm -hmm. and so it really never mattered because we do our we do our own thing anyways we did our thing for juneteenth mm -hmm. um which was great that was a fun time because we're tired of begging people to care about us 
Right. We're right. tired mm-hmm. of it. So if we do something, we'll do it. If not, it is what it is. But okay. at this point, it's all on them because, you know, being in an official supporters group, it really doesn't mean as much as it used to. Okay. And I don't mm-hmm. care. Right, okay. all right. So all right. My, one question I have for y'all, though. Um, in Chicago, can you only be a part of one SG or can you be a part of multiple? I I found a way to float through. So when I first started, I joined Sector Latino, mm-hmm. which funny in itself, that's a whole story. And then when I started Black Fires, I was a part of another group. That group kicked me out because they were like, you started your own group. I'm like, mm. I mean, I'm always be black, so it's what it it is what it is. They yeah. felt I prioritized black fires over them. I'm like, well, no, of course I am. If it comes <laughs> down to that, of course I am. And so some member who now isn't even in charge, he kicked me out. And when he did that, everyone in that group was like, they gave him a middle finger and they were about to break off completely. Mm. So okay. I've done it. It's been funny. It's funny the way people give you looks, but like I said, I'm just a people person, so it works for me. Right. Okay. Is it is it like that in DC? Riz and Doug? Um, not necessarily. I mean, like, I maybe Doug knows better than I do. Um. I don't think that there's like a certain, like we just, we made the group and we announced it. So we didn't have to go through front office or anything like that. Um, The only like official like thing I would say is we're part of the independent supporters council. That's probably the most official you're going to get as far as being on the NWSL side. Okay. And then um, it's not really exclusive. Like Riss and I are both in spirit squadron just because we're like, we're not going to be exclusive. You want to be part of others, do it. Right. Okay. So we're both in there. Um, I'm technically part of one other DC United supporter group, but I'm not really like, I'm in there for their drinks, not for anything else. And it's kind of, uh, doesn't really hold any meaning like it should. It's kind so, of like yeah. what Jake and Phil were getting at. So, All right. okay. I mean, okay. the thing is, if they wanted to care, sure. But that's, that's, That'd be a very silly decision on their end. Among many they've done in the past. All right. Noted. Right. So, okay. So, with that said, since y'all all are part of Black supporter groups, um, DC, Miami, Chicago, what have been some, like, positive experiences from finding this Black community? You know? I mean, I'm forever gonna uh, really put up the Black History Month panel we did that involved Sarah Gordon, R.I.P. And she's gone from here. She's gone from here. So oh man, I'm still mourning. Happy mourning too, because she be balling, baby. Okay, wow. Went to the beaches, but um, no, I mean that panel was super, super dope. I mean when we do events, it's super dope, and I think. Even knowing the people we know, because we're in the black space, like Black Herons, like deep, like uh, Rose uh, Tulip Closet, like uh, the group in Nashville, 
Featherstone Flamingos too, like uh, for the culture, like we know all those guys and like that, even though we're all like saying these negative, like kind of feelings and whatnot, I think when it comes to each other and how we deal with each other, that's all entirely positive and that keeps people working really. Um, I think just knowing each other is a positive experience in itself. Okay. Uh, Jermaine? Yeah, I mean, the the main thing was just, again, just creating that space, right? Creating, like, I mean, whether it's on social media, whether it's our WhatsApp group, it's just like a space where all of us can get together. We can talk football. We talk Inter-Miami. We talk politics, right? A lot of us have different views, right? But it's, we all kind of have a common understanding. Like, listen, we're, you know, we're just here to, to kind of increase this representation and you know, increase the space uh, for Black folk. Uh, in South Florida, and I think uh, the, I mean the, I mean some of the highlights have been the Black History Month uh, social media campaigns we've been doing. Last year we did uh, focus on Black soccer in Miami, and this year we did a, a focus on Black soccer in the diaspora. And uh, this season, our tailgates are really starting to, you know, develop and take a lot more structure, and that's just been uh, an incredible experience. The few games we've, uh, you know, the few home games we've had, and just meeting new people. Like I've generally met new friends like i i have new friends down here in miami and it's just it, it's through black herons right and so it's it's you know it's just beautiful kind of to uh again create, continue to create that community all right what about in that dc the go-go and all that um i think from my point of view is just meeting so many people that have been like even very recently before the spirit season kicked up there was someone in the organization just like independently saying thank you for making this because i i've wanted to see something like this for a long time now who um it's a black man that has worked for the spirit for some time and he was just like he said it felt a bit isolating so to see rosarum come up he was just like thank you for making this space he doesn't comment often but he sees all of our activity and he felt feels good to him and i was just like that's half the reason why we wanted to do it because of support meeting other supporters meeting other um, staffers or even players, which I think Riz can elaborate a little more on. <laughs> Come on, Mama Riz. I know you got you got some stories. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and to piggyback off of Doug, um, you know, I think another person, Gabby Vincent, she was really excited that we started Rose Room Collective. And to my knowledge, I think she joined the group. Uh, Doug may know better than I do. Um, I know she joined Rose Room Collective. And then obviously when we founded uh, Rose Room. Obviously, Tegan was a really big supporter of um, us founding the group. And, you know, Tegan and I have really just kind of stuck together. And even though she's no longer with the spirit, um, we have a R. I. P. R.I.P. Tegan. R.I.P. Tegan. Is that how it works? Damn. Um, no, but, you know, it was really nice to have players really just say thank you for doing this because we really need stuff like this around the league. And um, she's just been really supportive of Rose Room and just been really close ever since. I'm going to jump in here because even though I don't have a black SG in my neck of the woods, I do a lot of like USA stuff and I support. Good, because I was about to, I was about to point, y'all out, point you in down the mouth. Go ahead. <laughs> um and but you know nwsl wise um i mean i support where i can um so like yeah 
I'm I'm checking with Rose Room and you know when I can hop in with Yvonne at Black Fires I do, um, you know just to keep it black and for the culture because there's not a lot of us here and to big it back off of what Riz said like players are looking at us because they're like I'm finally you're seeing us on the field but we're finally seeing y'all in the stands and like Riz's relationship with Tegan and. Like, I've met some really cool people that, you know, that are black that are just like, thank you for being here. Because you don't see a black female capoing in Cary, North Carolina. That sounded white. Like, <laughs> it, <laughs> it really did. It, really did. It, it did sound white. It sounded real white. It did, right? That carry hit hard. It, it hit the hard R. Like, what? Well, sh- yeah, you said Sundown Town. It's off, yeah. So, like, Je- like Jess McDonald. Like, I've. I've had really good conversations with her and hopefully I can extend that to like Estelle Johnson and Brianna Pinto. I've gotten really close with her and her family. Not, I won't say close, but um, like I see them every game and I say hi and they say hi back. Like her grandma gives the best hugs. I can't say, I can't say no to a grandma hug. Like what am I supposed no. to do? That's rude. My mama will fight me. Um, you know, so, but even on like the national stage, um, it's been it's been really like I don't want it to all be negative. It's been really cool. Like the very first time I met Donald, I think was in Canada, right? Yep. Yeah, he scared the shit out of me on a plane. And <laughs> next thing I know, he's like, "Oh yeah, by the way, you're leading a march." And I'm like, "What does that mean?" And now here we are, <laughs> right? Sills, <laughs> right? That that's face. exactly yeah. what happened. It, literally, he was like, "Oh, you know Kelly." Okay, cool. You're gonna do this. I'm like, but I don't, I don't want to. Too bad. All right, cool. I guess I'll just go get drunk and yell words out to a crowd of thousands of people. Sure, absolutely. And, but to like, I and then, but I've also met your roommate Alex um, from this, and I mean, she's a she's diaspora adjacent, so. There you go. <laughs> I, I'll give I'll give a for um I wouldn't have met Sills or I wouldn't have met a lot of these amazing people that I have now in my life because of this black space that we create for ourselves even when we don't know we're doing it because I go to a game and I see a black person standing there I want to be like yo what's up you having a good time you have a beer first one's on me because that's how I got introduced to this game so like I don't like it's it's a little different, but not not really. It's all the same. We're just we're just here kicking it, trying to make our best friends happy. Oh look, my tripping grits. Uh, okay, okay, put that on me. Stick it to us. Right. That was that Man. was that was nice. All right, Donald. What about you? Like, in um, yeah, yeah. I think I mean from an AO perspective, I, I'm the DEI chair, and that probably comes as no surprise when you see some of the the stuff that comes out from our, from our channels, uh, because a lot of times it's like, Hey, I got to generate this. And if it's, if it's not for me, it's for somebody who again might know. I mean, anytime you see, you know, my supporters group in the news, they don't talk about the non-white people that are in it. They just say it's a, it's just 100% white. And, you know, Mm -hmm. they kind of eliminate us from existence when they're painting us in a negative light. So, but yet, on the national stage, 
We're the only ones that are even attempting to do stuff like this. We're the only ones who are having roundtables. We're the only ones who are doing, you know, we're highlighting some of our black chapter leaders and capos and drummers and people Mm -hmm. who make this organization go. And we start with that to a say, Hey, these, you know, everybody here has a hand in making this successful, but it's also about hopefully putting them out there and not necessarily to put them out there, but so other people can go, Oh, yo, you know, Ebony here, she, you know, she's, she's capo. Like next time I go to a match, I'm going to see what's up about this capoing thing. I'm going to, she seems like a cool person to watch a game with next time I'm down in Raleigh, I'm going to go by the bar and check it out. Little things that can bring people in and make this soccer space feel a little more like the country is supposed to represent and the team that it does represent. Because I mean, you know, when I started watching soccer, there were, <laughs> you could count the number of black people in the stands and on the field on one hand. Mm. Now in the starting lineup, we need two for a lot of these games, which is terrific. And we have more coming. So I want that exponential growth on the field to also be in the stands. It's a, it's obviously a lot harder to do that, but I don't not do things because it's hard. So I just keep trying. So that's all, all right. I, that's all I can do. And on the soccer side, on the other side, like I, I run stars and stripes FC. I run a blog, I have podcasts and have those platforms where, you know, five years ago, six years ago now, I started a series where every day I just said, I'm going to write a black story. It's not, it wasn't for anybody else to read. It was just for me. And mm-hmm. I just wrote it down on paper because I said, hey, if I'm going to be on this journey and I'll put it out there and if other people want to join me on this, then they'll read it. I, I used to get negative comments on every single article, every single one about why are you doing this? This person is not American. This person is not black. This person is not black enough. Uh, who is this guy? Why are we talking about the first you know, player to play in, in Brazil, the first player to play in China, whatever. But then it eventually became where people go, yo, I like, I understand why you're doing this and thank you for doing it because now I'm learning about some of these people that, and some of these stories that need to, you know, be seen. So that makes it, you know, I guess rewarding in a way, but also again, they give us the shortest month in the year. They cut it off by giving us like in, in international, they give us three matches in the, in that month. So those are three days that we can't focus like on specifically on black culture and history. And then they have other things that just kind of, you know, they try to figure out a way to make 28 days, like 20 or 19. So the idea is to break through that and, and make it where it extends beyond uh, February 28th. And we can talk about this all the time, which is why I'm glad we got Yogi out there. Who's, you know, mm. yeah. got a whole podcast dedicated to this. Like this, that's, that's what we need more of. Uh, b- because we need them to understand that black soccer history is soccer history. Mm-hmm. And some of the greatest players that have ever played this game, the greatest player that have ever played this game, looks more like us than they look like them. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good segue to the next mm-hmm. question. So what is missing in terms of growing black community in soccer in your city or nationally um, that you think your team market could do better? or they're doing correctly? Um, I'm, I'm going to start this one because these strips grits can't get cold. Um, <laughs> um, honestly, it's it's actually going into these neighborhoods. They don't do that enough. Like, Durham is black as hell. Why are you not marketing in Durham? 
Like, mm. I, I, where I live, I live in old black money. So mm. all the houses there is 80 year old, 90 year olds that built that generational wealth from nothing. But you don't see, you don't see Curry's jerseys or NCFC jerseys on these kids. Mm. All you see is Panthers. All you see is yeah, Panthers or uh, you don't even see Charlotte FC gear here. I mean, fuck Charlotte, but you don't even see Charlotte FC gear here. <laughs> like it's it's the basketball jerseys. They're not tapping into those local markets. Like mm. NCFC youth is the biggest like uh, youth. Like, like, uh, what do you call it? I don't know what's called anymore. Um, youth development in the in the U.S. and mm. yet I don't see these little kids that mm. that look like me that were in these like Dorothea Dorothea uh, Dicks and like mm. Bradstreet. None of those. They're not there. So mm. you can't get fans that look like me out there if you're not going to them. So. I mean, Donald also was in Durham, so I, 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 I think you can speak to it better than me because I don't, even, I don't really go to Durham much anymore. Well, I mean, if you think about it, it's, it's it's not just Durham; it's everywhere, right? Like, anytime a team releases a jersey, anytime a team like has some big event, they'll send around all their new jerseys to people so that they, oh, thanks for the jersey. I really, this is really cool. Like, everybody buy this jersey, right? Mm-hmm. They send it to people who don't need it. Right, they send it to the mm. people who don't care about the team. They don't send it to the people in the community. Send that to a classroom in an elementary school in North mm-hmm. in Southwest, right, or Southeast. Like send, like send it, send it to Durham. Send it to Little Haiti in Overtown. Like, you know what I mean? Like, send it to send it to Watts. Like, they should be getting mm-hmm. jerseys in those classrooms so that they go. Like, they. I mean, basketball teams will do it, which is why. We're like, oh, cool! I got the new Pistons jersey. Dope! I'm in, right? But they don't send it to they don't send the soccer jerseys out there because they don't think that we like the sport. This episode of the Shea Butter FC Throwback on Black Rosie Media is brought to you by the Bounceless Control Sports Bra. These Bounceless Control Sports Bras are for the active, fuller bust women all over the world who are seeking to claim their space that does not involve the bounce. So head to bounceless.com and use promo code SBFC for 15% off your first order of the Bounceless Control Sports Bra. Again, head to bounceless.com and use promo code SBFC for 15% off your first order. Enjoy your workout without the bounce. They will know that. I mean, like, we were all young ones. Like, we picked right. up the game at different points in our life. I was four when I started playing soccer mm. because I couldn't play football. Now, that's that might be a, a bass Ackers way of getting to this game, but I got into it that uh-huh. way, and then I loved it. So I kept – I stuck with it. I played it. And so many opportunities there was there was for me to get out of it because mm. they wasn't accessible or they wouldn't – like, they don't have it on TV back in the day and things like that. Right. And now they don't have that excuse. It's on t- there, There's 8 million hours of soccer on TV every week. Like, there's no excuse for a team to not walk into a classroom with one of the players and be like, hey, guys, well, they don't even have to give the jerseys. But like, hey, we hear you guys like sports. Like, we'd love to have you at the soccer game on Saturday. Here's, a, you know, for your, te- for your class, here's some tickets. 
here's some t-shirts we want to hear you guys screaming and yeah. you know before the game we may even be able to get you down the field you can take some pictures that's how you breed the next generation that's how we're going to have 20 you know how we're going to start winning world cup after world cup it's because the kids today mm. are the ones that got sparked by going to a game just like we got sparked by watching watching our game for the first time mm. jake phil in chicago what's missing <clears throat> and what are they doing right that'd be a whole nother segment uh in itself i feel like there are some things the fire are at least doing right and, um, they're trying. They're trying. I think a lot of that was spurred on by Andre Reynolds being on the team and Justin Reynolds because mm-hmm. they were, uh, they are, um, they have to be the first black homes homegrowns um, who got signed by the Fire. Um, they Chicago proper. Yeah, he he. They really pushed uh, going to like Southside schools and things like that. I think mm-hmm. from a casual fan perspective, the Fire are doing really well with that. Um, I think for supporter, it's way different just because mm. people see how miserable the supporter like interactions with each other are for the fire. Mm. Um, Red Stars is completely, completely different. Um, I feel like there's no shade. I feel like they stopped caring once Connor left. Um, or they have mm, like no, a easy. they have like a big void to fill now because of that, and because there's what one black player on the team now like they're i don't think they really see that as a priority right now which is awful i know they do have black people on staff at the red stars but like you know we just need to see more out of that team in more Mm. ways than one and it goes to arnhem too like i don't think from the top they really see that as something that's very important to them i think people um, the fire used to think this, and I think in some ways they still do. And I know for a fact the Red Stars do. Um, they just see suburban white parents as as what the next frontier is. And as everyone said here, like that's not that shouldn't be the case, and it's not the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about in DC? The DC situation. What's going right? What can be better? Aside from cherry blossoms everywhere. I mean, listen, don't get me started on that. Um, I mean, I'll be honest. It's the front office is white as can be. To to our to Devin's credit, shout out to Devin. He's our um, supporter liaison. He is doing the Lord's work, and he is really trying to get people to open their minds. And it's just they are not marketing it to the community and that's Mm -hmm. something that we have asked them to do it's been conversations it's it just has not happened um to the credit we do have dc scores you know like people like charity blackwell things like that but they are just not marketing to the right people and suburban white folks and just it's not it's not looking like you care (laughs) Uh, I was in DC scores is who I was going to bring up in context with what Donald mentioned. That's probably the best asset, excuse me, both teams could work with here. The spirit only just Mm -hmm. started after not really working with them for years. DC United has, and they've kind of started curtailing that. 
So they're going in some very weird directions, both of them. I'm not sure how I how that's going to work out for either. Maybe better for the spirit, but it's going to take literally years and years and years of them doing it. Hmm. I don't know what is going to be in DC United's case long run. So, Jermaine in Miami. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think the only difference I would say uh, in relation to uh, Rose Room and Black Fires is that the club isn't necessarily reaching out to the suburban white population. It's reaching out to the Latin American population. Um, the, the commonality is this consistent anti-blackness that exists, right? Wherever it is, whether it's, whether it's suburban white folks or, or kind of, you know, Latin American folks who, you know, think they're white or you know, have a pretty close, identify. Uh, yeah, identify as white. So there's all of that going on. Um, you know, the club seems to, and I think I've mentioned this before earlier, the club seems to intentionally ignore its Caribbean base uh, down here in South Florida. Um, some concrete things we've talked about have been, you know, so like they, they, they make a lot of their marketing both in English and Spanish. Mm. And it's like, well, why not do that? Why not do that marketing in Haitian Creole, right? Like mm -hmm. just, just, just do it, right? It's not that difficult, right? right? I'm, you know, it's not, it's not that hard. So that's like one concrete thing. And of course, just kind of highlighting like Caribbean culture, right? Like throughout the games, um, you know, can we have some Jamaican food trucks or something, mm. right? Like instead of solely Latin American cuisine, which is fine, right? And not to, and I don't want to suggest that black people are not Latin American as well, right? But there's a yeah. certain, you know, specific uh, English speaking Caribbean population that is being, uh, seems to be uh, intentionally ignored, right? And mm -hmm. so if they just kind of tap into that community and tap into those, uh, those cultural aspects of, of South Florida, um, I think the club will do a lot better. Now they have reached out to Little Haiti FC. Uh, they donated um, different equipment, uh, different laptops for the team, and they've you know uh, reached out to them in terms of offering them tickets. And that's kind of one of their ways of covering themselves. Like, yeah, we you know give comps, you know we give comp tickets to these different teams. And uh, I was like, all right, that's great, thanks. Uh, but structurally, there's nothing like institutionally that they're doing to kind of change the way the club is viewed, right? Right, right. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's similar to like, I was with my homeboy yesterday, uh, getting he getting a late lunch and he, he's from DC. That's a lot. He's from Prince George County. Um, he don't kill me, Maryland. And so, uh, he's from Prince George County. Oh uh -huh, yeah, I'm about to get killed. But anyway, he was like, he was listening. I was talking about Shea Butter and he was like, well, I know nothing about no LAFC won a championship, they did. I seen Angel City stuff, but he was tripped out like they not marketing. It, it's it's seeming like the soccer community in LA is not marketing the black spaces, and it's like plenty of bougie brunch blacks. To it's your whole spectrum of socioeconomics of black people, um, and they play in the middle of, in the bank particular. My bad, in the BMO in particular, they play in the middle of South Central. They on USC's campus, like the Negroes is everywhere. They be at the crypto all the time. And so the same thing, I mean, we live near, me and roommate Alex live near um, uh, the Galaxy Stadium. It's, in our complex alone, it's so many black people. It's like a black situation. It's black bougie people all over the place. Like you have access to people, but you can see where the marketing isn't happening. And to y'all's points, they're not giving the shirts and stuff in different places. But at least another question of, 
what would y'all like to see from programming from y'all's teams? Um, what are things that you would like to see, I guess, in your market that will make you feel more included? Um, from programming or whatever support, what would you like to see? How long do you have? Okay, look, okay. Like, <laughs> maybe a yeah. second part two. <laughs> I mean, we will do it's part two eventually, but yeah. I'll leave I mean, the, I'll leave I'll go for it. initiative. I just want to start by taking the initiative. Uh -huh. 98% of clubs ain't doing that in anything they do. So that's what I would lead with because from there, you, I mean, half the time, and even, and it does not matter. I, I feel like everybody on this, on this has had this happen to you where someone's like, Hey, we, we're going to do something for insert random night and we need your help. Mm. It's never about the initiative. It's always about, Mm -hmm. We want to include you by having you come up with the idea and we'll, and then they'll say grown folks take it from here and then they do it. And then they don't even tell you, they don't even say, Hey, yo, thanks, Jank. Thanks Phil for, for helping us out on that. They just take mm -hmm. it, do it. And then take, take the pats on the back and the credit. So I just want them to take the initiative and do stuff on their own and then have them highlight people in their community that they're reaching out to have them sit in a room and have people tell them why they suck, mm. right? Like that's something that from, from an AO perspective this year, that's what I want to do. Like one of the things I'm going to try and do in the next couple of months is bring in some people who, who are part of, you know, people like yourselves and people part of, part of these groups that we're trying to tap into and be like, why, like, what do we need to do? Like, why do we suck? Tell us the areas that we suck in so that we can be better about it and have them hear it and have them listen to it and actually take it in. Because it's it's very different. We just did a DEI training for the first time, and mm. I thought it went really well. And I got so much pushback just to get to that point. But then it happened. They're like, "Oh, that was actually eye eye opening. That like, we mm. learned a lot from that." So I need people to just take the initiative to to take those lumps sometimes and say, "Hey, everyone thinks they're doing right, but sometimes you just need someone to check you and be like, hey, this is where you're this is where you're failing. This is where you need improvements.'" I just need teams to do that, but teams don't want to take that initiative to do it because mm -hmm. they don't want that. They just want the pass on that. So I, I will say the one thing I want is for a initiative, yes, but acknowledgement that there's more than one type of black in this in this space. Like I'm black and lesbian. I'm not gonna be the same black as Donald Wine Black. And I'm not gonna be the same black as Sylvia or or risk or fill so it's acknowledging that these intersections happen and you can't just lump it all into one one day of pride or one day of black history month and no team really celebrates black history month because it's in february and they're not in league so they put their one post up sometimes three days I, late. I, do there. they put a post up that stars didn't I'm sorry. That's, that's You're trying to that. kill her on the shrimp. You're trying to kill her on the shrimp. They were doing initiatives. Don't don't no. don't kill on the now. They had initiatives. Initiatives. But they just never wanted to be transparent about it. I think that's I one thing for me. Piggybacking off everyone else, it's one thing to say you're going to do initiatives. It's one thing to say you're going to do stuff. But when you're not transparent about it, why should we believe you? 
Because right. I still haven't heard anything from the Red Stars. Whoop. Also, it's also hard. there are more black people. There are more black people than you think. Stop asking the same ones. Like I tell, I tell my club all the time. I am not the black fan. I, you can ask more than one. Okay, but you like, are. But you are though. You are the black. You are the I'm, black. I'm the, I'm the. Am I the token black friend? Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, because you because you're also lesbian. So you got you hit uh, two intersections at the same uh, time. They right? just off their ally tickets as we speak. <laughs> but that like that's what I'm saying. Like I'm not the only. I am a fan. I'm just your loudest one, but I also get more traction than you think. So that's why I get phone calls at 6.30 on a Monday because <laughs> I got tweet watchers happening in my house and you, sit, you got sent a long email over the weekend and like, that's not necessary. Just do the work. If you have, if you, I always, I know we joke about this in a group chat, but ask a black person challenge, they fail it every single time. Every they time. would have to know black people to ask them. I can show them three care. more if they need it. <laughs> I can give them three more if they really need it. Caring <laughs> is also an issue. Like, my team did not care for um, like 2015 to 2022. Mm. But the new liaison we have now, she is actually really good at what she does. And she's taken the initiative to go into neighborhoods and ask us the questions about what went wrong so that I can do the right thing. Mm. I've never had that conversation with anyone in my front office. It's more of like, what can I throw money at so that we can get more people here? Negro, you don't need money. You just need to show the fuck up. I mean, if you would like to throw money as well. I mean, if you want to throw some dollars at me, that's fine. Right. Like, we can make it twerk in here if you need me to, but I'll be that I'll be that token black person. Give me money. But, <laughs> but also show up. Yeah. 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 Riz and Doug. I mean, I'll be honest, you know, when we founded Rose Room, we had a lot of communication with our front office. We don't really have a whole lot of communication with our front office. Devin is probably our sole person that we communicate with. And, you know, Donald and I have joked about this in the group chat as well. I want a focus group because I got a lot of things that I want to say to y'all. And <laughs> we need to have a conversation. But it's Devin is our only form of communication. And he is, like I said, doing the Lord's work and relaying things but i would really love to have a better relationship with our front office and maybe you would actually like to hear the things that we have to say because i got a laundry list Riz said, come outside we're not gonna jump you we just want to talk wait so on your long laundry list are there a couple of things that you would like to see that you would like to get out there first and foremost you know market to you know the black community because we're not doing that currently that's that's probably like my one top thing among cherry blossoms but that is that's further down the list (laughs) that's further down the list douglas i hope i wish okay sorry um pay attention to even the little details um a little thing that's happened here in our scene is that we Riss will know what I'm getting at, especially little things like they have swapped the PA announcers 
We had yeah. a, we had, we we had one of the few. I think we had the only Asian American PA announcer in the league, the in stadium oh, wow. announcer. Mm-hmm. She has since been swapped out for a white dude for this season. He sucks. He's no good. And we're all just like, why the hell did you swap her out in the first place? Because she had been there for ten years, basically the entirety of the Spirit's existence. Swapped out for no reason. And we're just yeah, like, they, they essentially you, okay. like make her reapply for her job is what I think I saw. And we're just like, can y'all care about these little things? Because this is the kind of shit that matters. Like you've upset a whole group of people, a whole group, because you decided you wanted to switch things up with your rebrand. Rebrands are great, but if you're, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Emma don't was great. There was no reason to get rid of her. And now we have some bland. Uh, I was all- yeah, I was going to say, if, if they're going to rebrand, also make sure to, like, talk to us. <laughs> All right. Yeah, particularly because, I mean, like, Chocolate City, people, like, yeah, don't have it. <laughs> Y'all in some white tees currently. They, 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 they're like, yep. they're like yep. Nordstrom white tees or uh, uh, Saks Fifth Avenue white tees and black tees. But damn, you like in Chocolate City, like, they got to be some flavor. You know what I'm saying that's like on my whole rant about like the fitted hats looking like grandma hats. Absolutely not. Not going well, on my head. Back, it goes back. I mean, here in DC, it's a little. It's it's obviously unique, but it goes back to the debate that a lot of people have about Washington versus DC. Those are two mm. different. Those are two Ooh. different cities. Mm. So when you talk about we have DC United, was founded in the community, and I mean at the time it was it was actively involved in the community. The Washington mm. spirit just in the name lets you know Washington. where they're catering to. They're ah, not catering yeah. to the district. They're catering to all, they call all Washingtonians, which is everybody. And by that, they I mean, they've only been, if you think about it, they've only really been in D.C., inside D.C. for a couple years. Mm. Before that, they were in Maryland. And then after that, they were mostly in Virginia. Why? Mm. Because that's where their base, where they wanted mm. their base to be. So. Uh, certain group of people in those places right the, the, well, especially the places that they ended up at like not like they went to baltimore or pg <laughs> county right they went to germantown okay mm-hmm. so that alone should tell you where the where the base is so when we talk about a rebrand we're like hey like i know a lot of people in dc were like yo if you change the name to dc that will indicate to us that you were mm-hmm. willing to expand your horizons and branch out to a base that is rooted in the city that you play in and cater to those people. And that's where we kind of get left in the dark. And also seems like they're flying blind because we find out through jerseys that they're rebranding. That's something that should be mm. definitely communicated to their biggest supporters ahead of time. Okay. See, I, I have a question. Sorry. Um, I think for most of your teams, right. Particularly now, there's also a lack of black players. Like, what do you think? I don't know, like, if impact's the right word, but like, what is that conversation or link? Obviously your front offices aren't really in communication with you, but I don't know, I guess the, the impact of that, of not seeing yourself on the pitch in terms of bringing people in. I think that definitely impacts, you know, getting butts in the seats, you know, to my knowledge, 
count I can count on one hand the amount of black players we have on our team. And if you're not seeing it out on the field, why am I going? Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In Chicago? I mean, anytime we have a black player who may be very talented, eventually they get traded or released. Mm. Sir Sir Gordon, gone. Um, Andre, he's gone. Mm. Mo Adams, traded him. Um, Michael Azira, let him go. Anytime we've had someone we've connected with or thought could make an impact, they eventually go. Now, am I saying this is a secret shadow war between Black Fires and the Fire Front Office? Yeah, it is. It's a secret war. You know, it's been happening for a while. And I, I'm just ready to set, tell them, hey, y'all got this. Okay. <laughs> now they brought in Kai Kamara. They're probably going to release him at the end of the season. They'll score 15, 16 goals. And Damn. for the Red Stars, we know they're not going to sign anyone. Uh, uh, right. We, we know what they're about. Right. Right. So my question, so aside from, mm-hmm. yeah, merchandise can help build some culture. I mean, particularly if they were to consult with y'all, right? Um, Because like I said in the last episode, well, it won't be the last episode. It'll be episode for that when this gets released. Uh, Where basically, like, I've had black friends straight up say, I don't know where some of these LA soccer shits because it, it's not going on my black body. It's like, not for me. Um, What do you think could be done aside from showing up to help build some grassroots culture? Hire black artists. Mm. Mm-hmm. Black like we it's have bound. this really so we have this really cool <clears throat> shop here in downtown Raleigh where it's just a bunch of black artists that sell their stuff kind of like it's called Black Friday Market. Hmm. And so it's like just a space where they can a bunch of vendors and a bunch of like designers and like if you sell sell fragrances or like food or you know shirts, hats, whatever it is, you can market yourself in there. They just basically provide the <clears throat> the space and you provide the material. Well, there's some really good stuff in there. And you could probably find some really good designers out of there if you just fucking looked around. Like like if <clears throat> so there was the year where me and one of my friends, Chuck, we designed the Juneteenth shirt. And the pride shirt for that year for the club. And they wore it on mm. the pitch. There are players that still wear those shirts around because they didn't know. My favorite one was the Black History, is the Juneteenth one, because it has cities listed down the back. Mm. And those cities mean something to everyone in this in this space right now. Like even in like in this nine person panel. Tulsa, Wilmington, mm. like places that we were all impacted by, like, and mm. I'm not, I'm no black artist. Uh, I'm a girl that, <laughs> but if I could make that after in right. like a day with some really creative people that just come along and like, oh yeah, I can help make that, sure, and then just tap, tap, tap. Oh, a design. Oh, we're gonna put it on the players. Oh. But there was no recognition. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's 
it's more of this merch comes from black people so we know what it's like and we know what it signifies mm-hmm. so even if you can't find that black artist or you don't have one of those consignment shops in your area to go hand pick a couple people your fans are right there too and mm-hmm. it what you're not making they're making so mm-hmm. you might as well get them on the books so that they stop stealing all of your dollars because they got people spinning spinning it on them right like me personally i make my own shit and if i don't like something but i'm also different because i can go talk to the merch person and be like yo that's not it and she's like done off what do you think it should be and you she listens because that's the type of relationship we have but not everyone obviously not everyone has that like risk just got cherry blossoms you're a you're in a fucking city of cherry blossom but donna also kind of alluded to that with the washington versus dc thing so know your mm. fucking market know what you have what you don't have in your supporters not even in well yes mostly in your supporters because if they're designing tifos damn sure they're designing jerseys and damn sure they're designing shirts and hats and pins like the thing that, that one of my favorite things is ford their supporters every year get to design the away jersey. So how are we not implementing that more in these markets? I know Nike sucks. It's fucking disaster. I hate it so much. But you have the opportunity now to like get that third kit or make that interesting shirt that you don't think will sell. I promise it will sell. Because it's gonna come from a black person who said I took a ch- and you said I took a chance on them and everyone's gonna be like bet here's my wallet. Mm. Honestly, that's that's just how black people support. I'm gonna buy your shirt because right. yeah, because you made it. Right, All right. Bill, you got something? Um, in terms of merchandising, merchandise I mean... or even like what gr- what efforts. From a grassroots perspective, could get Chicago booties in the seats. Well, Black you booties. gotta actually win. Oh, you yeah. gotta actually win. <laughs> oh, that's uh, that's oh, the thing shit. we haven't done often in like thirteen seasons. Because uh, when I'm talking about the fire on my Facebook or so, uh, especially on my Facebook, yeah. people are like, yeah, your team hasn't won in a while, and yeah. like the last time. I had something really good to say was 2017. It's 2023. Yeah, true, true. That's fair. So a big part of revitalizing is winning because when you win, then people get interested and Mm. then they want to come around. So that's a big part of it. And then knowing where to market and knowing Mm. how to market on the grassroots level. So Mm. that's Oh, I mean, Jake, you have anything? Um, well, I mean, they, they again, the fire doing a little bit better. Um, they actually had a collab with a streetwear artist in Chicago earlier, and I went to the release party. I don't know if they didn't market it well or something, but it was like entirely white people. It was very weird. Um, I think, yeah, like, I think winning is a big thing. I think like Ebony kind of alluded to is like they they don't think people who are like profession who are not professionals don't know how to do this stuff. Mm. Um 
it's it's just odd, I think. And I think what Chicago needs to do is if they are serious about growing with the black market, they need to call the Bulls right now. I mean, the Bulls, mm-hmm. like, no matter what the Bears do, the Bulls are always going to have a place in black Chicago. Um, they need to figure out what they're doing. The Bulls always have something cool coming out. And, like, those, that's always getting worn around the city. Um, so mm-hmm. the, the fire need to hit, find their phone number and hit them up. And hit up the White Sox too, because the well, White Sox as well. Yeah, the city suit, those uh, City Connect jerseys, South Sox. Mm. People are still feeding for those. Yeah, I want one. I need from up there. I want one. <laughs> uh, but yeah, jerseys went. It was amazing. And mm. Imagine if the fire finally got some merch like that. That would be amazing. Right, right. Mm. Okay. Do- Donald and Doug, did y'all have something? In that room. I was trying to remember. Um, they got their cherry blossoms and they're done. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I know you cherry blossoms out. I, yeah, we're like, never, never settles. It never settles, and it's like it was pulling teeth to make these teams like, yeah. like Dude, DC the, took like ten years to get that jersey out. We were screaming at the do this for years. And then they finally, after the Nats and the Wizards finally did it, they're like, "Oh, I guess there is an audience here." And we're just like, "We told you, come so. on." And then the Spirits still aren't doing it, but they have at least given us merchandise with it. Some very nice merch, I'll give them that. So I'm just like, okay. "It's there. It's on the table. We've been saying this. Y'all don't listen." And then when you when you see, "Oh, everyone's making money now. Let's do it." That's like, right. Y'all could have had this money years ago. Right. I mean, for me, yeah, I, I, I'm like Ebony. I mean, I'm wearing a jersey that I designed myself because okay. they didn't they're like, all right, if you're not going to give it to me, I will go get it, and then I know people will buy it. I mean, mm-hmm. this this is a prototype. There's like, there's only this is the only one that was. You got made. tank tops. You got, tank, got tank jerseys. Everything. everything. <laughs> we'll make. I'll make anything. Like when I when I joke in the group chat, like, oh, you have a cool design. Drop in the chat. We'll figure out a way to get it made because I know people will buy it. Right. At the end of the day, I get that the teams are slower. They have to be slower on that, right? They, they can't just take a design and, and two weeks later have a shirt. But they could because, again, they could be ambitious. They could have the, you know, wherewithal to be like, yo, we'll, we'll take the initiative and we'll get it done. Yeah. But they don't want to because they know that it won't cater to, again, the base that they're actually aiming for. So, mm-hmm. yeah, like, like, like Doug said, like in D.C., Every year, cherry blossom jersey, cherry blossom jersey, cherry blossom jersey, cherry blossom. And they're like, we'll give you anything, but we'll give you this gray jersey. We'll give you this white jersey. We'll give you this jersey that doesn't, I don't know what it, it is, but I know it's not cherry blossom because that's not, that's what you want. And at the end of the day, I'm like, do you like money? We are telling you how we want to spend our money. Mm-hmm. We are telling you this, we're not demanding. We're just saying, hey, if this was in front of us, my wallet would be in front of you. And I mean, they used to do, they used to, teams used to have like the pride numbers and they'd have the, you know, 4th of July numbers, whatever, right? They, they cater to every other holiday. They have Christmas, ugly sweaters, Valentine's Day hearts, right? They may, they may have some for Labor Day. I don't even know what you wear on Labor Day, but they have stuff for Labor Day too. Baseball has every season, Mother's Day, Father's Day. Grandpa's Day, Flag Day—they have every like everything. They have a hat for it, or they have yep. a patch. 
Yeah. And we're not asking, and what we'll get is maybe a warm up top that you're like, okay, cool. But then they, again, they don't think ahead and they don't think, oh, this is going to sell. The last one, the one that I really love, they made that Unity, MLS made that Unity kit last year, the warm up one. I mm-hmm. thought that was dope. They made like 47 of those things. So when I got one, and the player that I, the player that was on the back of it, turned out to do something racist, I was like, "Well, I got to throw this away." But at the end oh, of the day, no, you got his. I got his, yeah. But at the end of the day, I couldn't get another one because they didn't think it would sell. So they only, I, I like I got it the day it came out, and there was only one in my size, in the whole store, on the internet, one. Because they didn't think they would sell enough of them to get big quantities. This is just the the, the forward thinking that they don't have, and that's why fans are just taking it upon themselves to do the stuff that they know is going going to represent mm-hmm. their team and themselves. And I just wish teams would look at that and go and, and bring some of those people in. Like Rick said, like, yo, we just want to talk. All right, just bring, just bring it in. Because we'll give, outside. <laughs> we'll give you exactly what you are looking for, which yeah. is a way to make lots of money. Right, right. Yeah. Wait, so, okay, here's my question. So I have another side. We're going to go in a different direction a little bit. What does it look like? Because you're talking about teams need to communicate with the supporters, particularly like black supporters, black people. What does it look like to for real have an inclusive supporter group culture in your market? Um. Does it currently exist in your market? It's probably no. But then what does it look like for it to exist where y'all feel successful? Here's y'all can thing, go forth and prosper. Here's the thing I've learned about exclu- inclusivity. Mm-hmm. Inclusivity doesn't matter if you're not ready to exclude when the, when the moment comes up. I think okay. people... Okay, bars! <laughs> people will let everybody in, and that's great. But people are keeping people in their inner circle or in their supporters groups who are just straight up racist, straight up misogynistic, um, homophobic, that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Inclusivity mm-hmm. doesn't matter if you're not ready to, to to make the tough decision and be like, this person mm-hmm. sucks or this person doesn't represent us and we need to let them out. Because if you're keeping those people mm-hmm. and you're like not saying what you need to say to the, the people who are racist on the internet or whatever... You're saying to the people on the outside that this is not a priority. Like, you can come in here, but we're not going to fight for you. And nobody wants to be somewhere where they're not welcome. So, in our in our group in Chicago, um, I'm just not going to say anything. I'm going to choose not to say anything. But I think I see it in a lot of other places other than Chicago that there's some just not nice people or not people not willing to change that are just sticking around. And the people around them are looking the other way and that goes everything against inclusivity i'm just gonna say real quick uh what jake said was perfect 10 out of 10 i have no further notes Mm -hmm. i I think i will be in big trouble so (laughs) if i speak if i speak (laughs) i hit that jose if i speak (laughs) i'm gonna throw this one line out there is I say it in a lot of different spaces. I'm not for everyone, and I don't want to be. Um, so to be inclusive means inclusive to basic human rights, right? Mm-hmm. That's basically what this all comes down to is basic human rights. 
And there's a lot of people out here in these SGs that think we don't deserve them. So it's a matter of, I don't want to, if I'm for everyone, I'm only for one person. Mm. And it's the it's the wrong person. So mm-hmm. I want, like Jake said, I don't think a lot of people understand what inclusivity really means until we get down to the nitty gritty of who are we inviting into these spaces to feel safe, and what does that mean? Like mm-hmm. that's kind of just that little caveat to add on to Jake's because Jake's was just fucking perfect. Sure. Riz and Doug, y'all got any thoughts? Uh, Riz, you want to go or do you want me to? Uh, you can go. Um, My thing kind of piggybacking off Jake's thing is that that's why whenever I see the terms like insert sport name for all like hockey for all or soccer for all i'm like i hate that shit because it implies the idea of oh we make the sport available for everyone i'm like this sport shouldn't be for everyone because there are some people that should not be allowed in this sport (laughs) ever and today especially more so on the dc united side there are still people involved in shit that should have been banned from the scene a long time ago still looming around like fucking vultures and i'm like Mm. it's not safe until these motherfuckers are out Word, word, word. Okay. So, so, um, what do y'all need as to support from other supporter groups, people in this space to help y'all be great as black supporter groups, black supporters, black people? I think we get a lot of support already from each other. I mean, obviously with this as well and how often we talk, I think the issue of black people in soccer isn't going to be where it needs to be until white people and Latin American people and whoever see it as big of a problem as black people see it. Um, I mean, it has to be a unified thing. It really does. You can't just have the black people be the ones sitting here in a round table talking about it and saying similar things we said in 2020 when everybody was asking yeah. us. I mean, a lot of our opinions haven't changed and a, a lot of the landscape hasn't changed. So, um, I think until other people also see it as important as we are seeing it and as spending as much time thinking about it as we're thinking about it, um, it's just, it's not going to get there. It's, I think that's just the reality. Anyone else? No. Okay. Well then, all right. So since the people, okay. So how is black people, Shea Butter adjacent people, anybody, um, what yeah, what could we do to collaborate with each other to help build some non-white community to get some more melanation? What I got some ideas for some events and things. I know we've talked about it, Sky and Sills, um, like the cookout idea we had. Oh, it's happening. Don't worry about it. I just think that'd be cool to see in like Chicago, DC, Miami. If if it happens in Miami or Atlanta, I'm taking the week off. I, I just know. Well, God yeah, damn. Need to. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, there is that no. Henny in the situation now. So well, the, the Henny Derby will be legendary. Just oh god. If I don't I answer for two days, <laughs> if I don't answer for two days, just 
Don't worry about it. I'll come back to you. <laughs> okay. All right. So let's know you're alive now. Like, I'm concerned. I'm for real. Like, y'all got any <laughs> ideas for some events? Y'all want to collaborate together? This is the spot. We, 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 we out here. I mean. Yes, go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, I don't know. Like, these are fun, but it doesn't help when there's not a white person in the room so we can tell you you suck. Like, <laughs> You make you, you make my life difficult. Stop it! Like I don't know. She wants the fire squad. She wants to, oh, <laughs> right here. You just go down the line. You suck. stop. Stop being terrible. Like I don't know. Just stop being a fucking stupid idiot. Okay, okay, okay. So what I'm meaning is like, what am I meaning is like? Okay, so we yeah, we're talking about a cookout. So like at a cookout, we're gonna do our show. We are gonna have some activities. It's gonna be a cookout. It's gonna be a black ass situation. Uh. Y'all got any ideas of some events? Is it some go-go versus the, uh, what's the Chicago? Whatever. Whatever oh, the Chicago two-step. It's mild over mumbo sauce. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mild over mumbo, baby. Oh. Hey, 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 wait, 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 we going to have a cookout? We're going to we'll have a see, cookout. We'll see you this weekend. Stay okay, mad. So, stay so, mad. Two of so first of all, we're this supposed to be a unity building exercise. We're to, be, <laughs> yeah. to, to bring I, our people I together and, and to Jake's disunity. I think we need to have a wing off. That's what we need to do. Well, I, all right, I'm down and for the that. Winner will be, the winner will be me because I will no longer be hungry. <laughs> how did we right. just go black uncle at the cookout? <laughs> what are we doing? All right, all right, um, okay. Well, oh, actually, Jermaine sent us. He texted me because um, he's Jermaine's away for a little bit, taking care of the baby. But joint tailgate, you know, okay. I have a little situation. You can have a little uh, uh, fires and Rose Room situation. And it's we a virtual watch parties. For, we did yeah, that last, year. last yeah. year. I think we just travel it. in the U.S. is because it makes it a lot difficult. I mean, yes, we're yes. on all in completely play. different parts of the country. That makes it a little tough, but. Yeah. Honestly, um, the 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 wing idea, the the we were joking about the wings, but like, uh, like a recipe book for for oh. black SGs for tailgates, right? Like, we all have things like, oh man, like, because I, you know, I'll be going to some of your tailgates, and like, you know, I've seen people do the the full pigs and stuff like that. I'm like, yo, hi, like, this is a great idea. How do you do that? And how mm -hmm. much space? Like, in some people. They're yeah. like, yo, you don't really need that much space. And some people, you know, they go to the means and they, you know, camp out overnight and bury stuff in the woods and comes up and it's perfect. But like those type of recipes where next time you have a tailgate, you can go, yo, I'm gonna try this thing that the Ebony's got put me on last time I was down there, right? Like that's how you make that that also enhances because they might bring out again, bring out people in your community that may otherwise like, oh wait, we're doing pigs now? Okay, we're doing a whole right. pig. All right, let me pull yeah. up. Wait. Oh, Let me come to your city and make a whole hog. We'll we'll have so much fun. I like that idea though. Putting a and you can do that digitally, think, so it's easy to share. I think to that point, even like a chronicling our own history, like the history mm -hmm. of the Henny Darby, like the history of Black Fires, like the history of Rose Room Collective. I think just because that's a big problem in soccer in general. I don't think people really keeping track of what's going mm -hmm. on, and like. If it's a problem for for white people, it's gonna it's gonna they're definitely not gonna want us like to ask us to be in that stuff. So I think just having our own book of our own history and just like combining together and making it, you know, ourselves ourselves kind of thing would be cool. 
word, word. Oh, Sills, did you have a suggestion or something? No, no, it's okay. Oh, what, what, it's okay. It's all right. It's okay. Okay, this way. Um, I don't have All right, and the last question, as we wrap this on up, what would you like to see that be empowered to build Black community in your own city to do yourself? Like, what kind of support or what would you like to see money. or feel? Oh, I would yes. like to see money. I would like to feel money. I would like to hold money. I would like to cradle it like a baby. Uh, <laughs> money solves everything. They say money doesn't solve, like, you can't buy happiness. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Give me it. Yeah, if money doesn't buy has happiness. We can test that theory if you want to. Yeah, right. Like, all right. But have you tried? Like, yeah. It's all a lot of problems, at least. Money can't buy happiness, but it can buy another closet of jerseys. Word, word. Amen. All right, so what y'all gonna do with that money? Y'all gonna be throwing? Y'all gonna be throwing money off the Raptors? Y'all gonna have the the performing artist at the the tele- See, that's a Yogi question because Yogi has a strip club in every oh stadium. <laughs> what? Not Yogi's plan from <laughs> Inter Miami. <laughs> Cocaine hey, white jerseys. You never, you never <laughs> ever, ever ask a dude from Richmond that type of stuff. It's not no. Yeah, it's a wild. Yeah, he, I remember that. I remember that strip club idea because it'd be yeah. it'd be all up the strip club corridor from Atlanta to Miami. You get right there. <laughs> Welcome back, Jermaine. Cutting up and he not even here. Sorry, y'all. What, what, so wait, wait. Question for you: What would you like to see to be empowered into Miami to do great things, to build you some black community? Um, I, mean, I think just you know I guess I mean I guess my answer is dependent upon black herons kind of reaching out more into the community but seeing kind of like uh, that reciprocated from the community like tapping into the hip-hop radio stations like getting a mm-hmm. shout out or tapping into you know black restaurants you know just kind of making more of a relationship with the community institutions that exist, right? Rather than just kind of existing as a lone institution, right? Why not tap into what already exists and, and, and uh, you know, kind of support each other. Um, but I think more broadly, I think like a general network of black SGs, oh. you know, POC SGs, right? That, hmm. uh, <laughs> that we've talked about in the, in the past, right? Uh, I think just having a, a solid network would be incredibly helpful you know, just kind of bouncing ideas off of each other, but also pooling, you know, pooling resources together as well. Oh, word. that sounds interesting. Hmm. That, that I sounds interesting. One of my goals is to make a black SG that's for all in the field, though, not just for courage, mm-hmm. because you know, there are black fans that there are black fans that don't have a spot in every market. Oh, um, interesting. So, that's something for later after I get all this craziness out of the way. But I don't think it has to be later. We'll get we'll 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 revisit that in the very near future. Oh, okay. Um, wait, wait. It's new to me too, y'all. So, <laughs> wait. I was gonna say. Um, I did want to note that Jermaine also said to do virtual watch parties, so we can roast each other when your team loses. Not like last week, because I'm glad that I wasn't on no phone with nobody. I would have been pissed. Um, and we lost. But you know, having virtual watch parties would be dope. Um, well, that's really it. That's the end of the questions I got. Um, y'all got any shout outs? 
Y'all got any people y'all want to dedicate songs to? You got any upcoming events as we are in the NWSL season, MLS season? What's good? I'll, sh I'll shout out Tigers in LA. I think the Asian uh, American issue is very close to the black issue. Um, and yeah, I think they fight a lot of the fights that we have to. So shout out to them. Yeah, shout out to the Tigers. What's good, Josh? For sure. Anybody, anybody else got some shout outs? Oh, shout out to shout all out the to black people. Shout out to us right. for still being here. <laughs> it's been rough. It's been rough. And yet we still are standing. We're still doing what we got to do. One it's way still or another. A, still our eyes. That's going to end my I'm still here. I'm still standing. Throw all the quotes you can in there. We still here. Yes. Yeah, definitely a big shout out to all y'all. Uh, I mean, we got some serious OGs in the room. Uh, you know, Black Fires, Rose Room, y'all kind of set the example for, you know, for Black Cairns. Of course, Footy Mob down there in Atlanta. Uh, shout out to the whole Two Cents crew. Um, just all the different, you know, Black podcasts, Black Soccer podcasts, FTC, Walking 90, Diaspora United, uh, of course, Shea Butter. Just everyone's just kind of creating and building this space together. And it's just, you know, it's just beautiful to be a part of. So shout out to everyone here. I was gonna All say right. shout out to the network that that you know two cents created shea butter that you created like the the fact that it was start out with the two of you sky and Sills, and now it's a whole like network within itself just shows how much work you've put in on this and, and it, it deserves to be amplified and to the to the heavens with all this so thanks for putting this on thanks yeah, for, for having sure. me as part of it yeah. like, for real yeah appreciate y'all for coming through um yeah, this is the one of many. Um, this is like launching a series of all kind of crazy supporter stuff that's happening. There's a crazy black people who are in Angel City version that's gonna revolve around chance. That's gonna come in the very near future. I gotta figure out how to demonstrate that. <laughs> are we, I just want y'all to know I'm learning about all this at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> the, the moment, the moment I hear. It's anyone coming. not Erica say 21. Can you do something for 21, me? 21, actually. I'm putting out cultural well, appropriation. Well, we're going to talk about that. You're, you're about to hear about it after I stop. But anyway, um, there's stuff coming. Um, audio, video, miniseries. However, that's going to happen over the course of the year. Um, much love to Jermaine for uh, helping work through a lot of these questions. Um, we're going to do this again. So this ain't the first. This ain't the one-off. This is a for real. How do we? No, this is the first. Well, I mean, yeah, this is the, this ain't the first, the last. That's what I meant. You know what I meant, shit. Thank you for calling. Why you didn't just let me go, just go through it, shit. Uh, this is the first of many to actually figure out, you know, how do we build black community? How do we do the thing? If people, if they ain't gonna do it, we can do it, shit. We can kick it, open the door. So, uh, we got stuff coming up, Shea Butter. Uh, dang, we can't, can we, can we announce yours situation? No. That's on Monday? Okay, never mind. Anyway, we got things that's coming. <laughs> we got things to do. But anyway, thank y'all for coming through. Um, if y'all don't got no more announcements, I guess we can close this out. Um, so what we gonna do? We gonna stay hydrated, stay melanated. Um, and what we gonna we gonna keep the black women, black people in our life celebrated? Is that right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. There yeah. you go. And make sure your say butter palms are always elevated. And stay black and all that. Everybody say bye. 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 Oh, hell, 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 right, no. We're going to say excitement.
Bye. 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 Hell no, I'm not saying it like that. <laughs> there, you there you go. Stand up for yourself, bro. Stand up for yourself. All right, y'all. Peace. Peace out. Thank you for listening to this Shea Butter FC throwback on Black Rosie Media. You can, of course, listen to newer episodes of the Shea Butter FC podcast over on Shea Butter FC's outlets, and you can find reruns, if you will, or throwbacks, as we like to say, on Black Rosie Media. But don't fret, we will in real time have more collaborations with Shea Butter FC, including for the upcoming World Cup this summer and for the Olympics next year. But for now, this is founder of Black Rosie Media, Erica L. Ayala, reminding you to check out our WNBA podcasts. We have our five storylines in five minutes, WNBA edition happening every week. We also have the Gotta Get Up podcast, which is a podcast for New York Liberty fans. And if you are into hockey, then you have to listen to the Founding Four podcast, co-hosted by me, Erica L. Ayala, and Angelica Rodriguez, because we are two Latinas with spicy women's hockey takes. All that and more can be found on blackrosymedia.com. And don't forget to head over to bounceless.com to get 15% off your first order of the Bounceless Control Sports Bra, the sports bra for active, fuller bust women who are seeking to claim their space that does not involve the bounce.